0: Hello and welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. My name is Bianca Woolwick and I'm the host. I interview my friends and people that inspire me to figure out if they have the key to life and they feel successful or feel like they don't fit in like I do. Anyway, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy the episode. Cool shit plug for the week is Yael and Valerie Fabrics. This came on my radar thanks to Angela Kinsey. You know, Angela from The Office, yeah, I follow her on Instagram, and she's one of my favorite people. I'm so glad she shared this amazing artist's work because it has a beautiful message. Yael and Valerie is run by Valerie Lewis, a Haitian artist who embraces her culture and is sharing it with the world through high end fabrics, wallpaper, home accessories, and more, combining in perfect harmony art, elegance, and African cultural heritage. She didn't see her culture displayed, and so she created it to share with the world. The patterns are vibrant, captivating, and gorgeous. And if my husband would let me, I would redo my whole house in these fabrics, wallpapers, lampshades, and more. As always, all the information you need to know is in the description. It is important to continue to support Black artists, our Black community, and Black-owned businesses, because if Black lives do not matter, then neither do all. Thank you to Valerie for creating such beauty, and I'm excited to share your message with the world. guest this week is actor and writer Jordan Van Cleef. This one was really fun to record and I hope that you enjoy it. So let's just hop on into it. Hey, how's it going?
1: Oh, it's been a long and tiring week for I think everyone uh, in the nation. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I'm doing as okay as you can be in the situation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I a hundred percent empathize and agree. And I don't know how to feel other than wanting to help.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, I think overwhelmed is like the
0: word of the day. Mm-hmm. <sighs> exactly. Um, so at the time of this recording, because this will come out later, this is Friday, June 5th. The lovely voice you're hearing on the other end is Uh, actress and comedian, Jordan Van Cleef. Uh, And uh, Jordan, would you like to just kind of pop in here with your elevator pitch, who you are, what you do, et cetera?
1: Yeah, my name is Jordan Van Cleef and I moved to LA to be an actor. Uh, And, you know, acting is one of those careers that are highly competitive. And after not finding the success in the parts that I wanted to act in, I decided to write them myself. And I've been able to create uh, a couple of web series, a couple of short films, and uh, yeah, just kind of find my own way in LA by building my own path to being an actor.
0: Yeah. And I love that. I love that you were like, um, they're not writing it, so I'm writing it for me. (laughs) Uh, Similar kind of as I've told my listeners multiple times, uh, no one ever asked me to be a podcast guest, so you bet your ass I made my own. (laughs) <laughs> um so i'll just hop into how we met Fun in fact we have not met in person yet but we're two hours away from one another and uh and uh you i, th- I think i came on your radar you followed me and then i was like oh sweet i'm gonna follow her back because I watched some of your videos and I thought it was awesome. And then I thought, well, now I have to like make her be my actual friend in my life. So sorry, that's that that's the rules when you follow me on Instagram.
1: <laughs> well but, worth it, I will say. Yeah.
0: And we, t- we follow um, similar comedians um, in some of them that you actually know. And uh, th- th- those include like Hannah and Becky Robinson and a few others that are pretty- Yeah. Shout um, out to Hannah. She's
1: so funny and she is- such an amazing person.
0: Yeah. So I reached out to you because I was like, okay, I wonder if um, you feel imposter syndrome and you were like, 100 P, yes, I will be be on your (laughs) podcast. Um, So we'll just hop into it, the elephant in the room here, imposter syndrome. Um, So we'll start with uh, the feeling of having it all figured out. Do you feel like you have it all figured out?
1: God, no. (laughs) I would be like shocked if anyone, especially in this current moment, was like, yeah, I totally have it figured out. Um, No, it's it's uh, it is a constant, and I don't know if struggle is the right word because I will say day to day enjoy my life, not including the pandemic and mm-hmm. uh, the protests. But no, I don't have it all figured out. I'm so far away from that.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I, I I I can see that you're on your path to kind of getting where you need to go, which is cool, you know. And that's kind of where I'm at too, where I don't know if I have it figured out, but I and slowly figuring out the key to life is contentment. So if you, so you said you feel pretty happy with your day to day. And I feel similarly, um, even though unconventionally, like a con- conventionally on paper, I'm not going to look crazy successful to the average person. Um, oh but God. I feel successful. A paper test.
1: Don't do that. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so we'll just hop into the question at hand, which is, do you feel like you fit in and Fit in slash suffer from imposter syndrome in what ways, and what does imposter syndrome mean to you?
1: Yeah, I think it's such an interesting question that's kind of been um, bouncing around my head since we connected. Um, I've someone I've been in L.A. for seven years, I think. Uh, so I've been here long enough that I have I know about auditioning and getting reps. I have made a couple of my own things, uh, but. In Los Angeles, success is very narrowly defined uh, by uh, your credits. I I don't know if that is a term that people, but like the credits is like your resume. So when you have credits, you want credits that have um, uh, notoriety and like some sort of, um, people recognize them like on a sitcom that's on NBC or uh, like anything on uh, cable basically. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't have any credits all of the work that I have done all of the success I've had has been through indie stuff been through my own way and so there are times because I've been in LA for seven years which feels like a long time um, people ask me for my advice and I always just look at them and I'm just like well like take my advice with a grain of salt because I'm only as famous as I am And people always like kind of give me a funny look, but I feel like I don't have the authority to give people advice on how to be a successful actor. And I think that goes back to the root of the problem, which is Mm -hmm. like, what is a successful actor and why don't I feel successful?
0: Right, right. Well, I mean, from the outsider looking in, uh, you know, uh, I... I think the grass always looks greener. The highlight reel always looks better, <laughs> you don't see people's bloopers. <laughs> and, and I had a, a one of my guests, Jesse, he's a musician, and he had this um, story where he had asked a band that felt more successful than them what they were doing, like, how'd you get there? And they were like, we don't feel like we've got it figured out at (laughs) all. Like we we're just, you know, making it up as we go. So I think it's interesting because, um, you know, I think it's flattering in a lot of ways. People come to you for advice, of course, but then even so, like for me in my career as a marketer, um, and now podcaster, believe it or not, people are coming (laughs) to me like, what platform should I use? What microphone should I get? should I do headphones? Um, And I, and I'm just like, I have a crappy microphone, um, a MacBook Air (laughs) from 2014, and my Peloton issued cord headphones because my AirPods won't connect to my computer because it's so old. So I don't have, I don't have a hill to stand on really, but it's interesting because um, it's flattering, it's humbling, but then you are like, oh shoot, do I don't want to say the wrong thing?
1: Yeah, it's, it's also, um, for my particular story, I moved out here, uh, after college with a really good friend who again if we look at the paper trail and i will say um he is the kindest most talented hard-working actor but he has a lot more success than i do mm-hmm. he is currently a reoccurring role on an nbc sitcom he has had many credits from uh, yeah i'm trying he was just on lena waith's 20s he's been on um, tv land he has so phenomenally talented, but the fact that we moved here together, I think sometimes people, uh, and by sometimes people, I mean myself, mm-hmm. compare our success. And it feels like in seven years, he was able to do this and I was only able to do this. So when people ask me for advice, I kind of just like want to be like, well, don't you want to ask the more successful person?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and again, that's like, that's so much judgment on myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um- Yeah. That makes a whole, whole lot of sense too. And I, it also brings to mind a question kind of, uh, as an actor, uh, an actress or whatever, comedian, uh, you know, in LA, uh, do you feel like it's harder for women than it is for men?
1: I don't know if it's harder for women in terms of just like getting cast. I think the roles for women are a lot less interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can get cat. I mean, it's like a joke in Los Angeles. Like you see so many auditions for prostitutes and strippers. Uh, that seems to be like a very common narrative that like men want to see and write about, which I again, some of those stories are amazing. Uh, God what was the one with Jennifer Lopez. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Hustle, yeah. mm-hmm. But like, there's only and so many stories you can tell where you just really are trying to get your women half naked on set mm-hmm. uh, so I think the the quality of roles is a lot different for women than men. Mm-hmm. And I think the range that you can play uh, is a lot different for women. We just tend to be one more... Um, very like one-sided.
0: Yeah. No, that makes, that, that does make a lot of sense. Uh, it's, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to be a woman in general, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's, in, it's interesting. And the only reason why I said that and not to take away from whoever you moved out with, I mean, I'll figure it out. I'll <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I will mean, I'm
1: sure his name is Eddie Levy. He's incredibly talented. <laughs> Again, I can't like, I cannot speak to his talent and yeah. his um, perseverance more. And it, a lot of LA is dumb luck. And I always tell people, like, uh, for the first six months, Eddie and I, we lived together. We did everything the same. We sent out the same emails, the same postcards, the same everything. Eddie got an agent. I did not. Um, And then through his agent, he, again, I'm oversimplifying this by a lot, but his agent was able to get him better auditions, who got him a better agent, who got him this manager, who has been rock solid. And he's just been able to further his career where I'm still in that phase where I have not found good representation, Mm -hmm. uh, that's really been able to boost my career in the trajectory I want it to.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. But where I was going with that is I I don't want to take away any of that from him to say he was a man and that's why that's happened. But I have seen that it's interesting. It's, I always have I've thought of, you know, kind of Hollywood in LA and all of that is like, it, it's it's a lot of people doing really beautiful work over and over yeah. and over that never gets noticed. And then the dumbest thing is what makes them explode.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, it's like, they always say that like, when you discover someone overnight, they've, they've usually been working for about 10 years. Hey, uh, three
0: years away from it. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, you know, and it's, um, yeah, I have... I have friends who have been in giant feature films and HBO series and like their big break didn't come, you know? It's just like for every reason that series didn't get the mobility, that movie tanked and like, uh, and that's why I think you asked a question in the email just about like, what is success? And I think that's such an important question for anyone pursuing Probably any career, I think, especially when you're um, pursuing an artistic career, which man, uh, when you're often artists are juggling a side job and pursuing their career. And so I think defining what success is to you is very important to keep you grounded because if you have an unrealistic idea of what success is going to make you happy, mm-hmm. like if I was like, I'm gonna be Angelina Jolie and like, have paparazzi follow me as like the movie, all the movies I make do well, like then I'm never going to be happy.
0: Right. Right. No, that makes, that makes total sense. And, and yeah, I guess we'll just kind of float into this idea. I mean, or we could stick a little bit with imposter syndrome. My other question would be like, does this kind of play into when you're like releasing something, like especially something that you're working on? Cause you, you, you basically had to create your own roles, produce your yeah, own things. I
1: mean, writing has been such a phenomenal way for me to express my voice. And some of the short films that have come out, uh, I have a short film that I made two years ago that did the film festival circuit last year. I'm hoping to make a short film this year uh, that we fundraised for earlier in the year. We just were, you know, we have to wait till it's safe to film. Mm -hmm. Um, Those scripts came out of bad points in my life. Uh, And so I was able to, you know, I am still in therapy. I work on myself all the Mm -hmm. time. So I don't just use writing as therapy. Uh, But it is something that can be so transformative when you're able to pour yourself into something you're very passionate about, whether that is acting or art or podcasting or drawing or fitness. Like there's so many ways to get that release, but oh my God, it's so wonderful.
0: Yeah. I can actually relate to you completely there because once I started podcasting and, and uh, it, it unlocked this piece of my soul and I'm I'm a huge advocate for therapy up until two or three weeks ago I, at this point, I think it's been, yeah, three weeks. I've had three sessions. Um, <laughs> I actually was an advocate for therapy yet never went to therapy myself.
1: How, yeah. And I think that's a uh, Yeah. yeah. Those type of people exist
0: and I I now that you say that I think about it and I'm like wow I I don't know if it was just me suddenly doing something creative that I believed in I find I didn't have to worry because I I'm a marketing background so I didn't have to worry about the client what the client wanted the brand what the brand wanted I got to think about what I wanted and I had this beautiful (laughs) pandemic to be able to you know explore that and um I agree with you. It's extremely therapeutic. I love writing. I love I love hearing people's stories. I love talking, I love sharing. I love all those things and and that really does unlock a piece of yourself that then, you know, you're able to kind of introspect and figure out how to deal with it because it hasn't been fun facing some of the trauma that I've had to talk to my therapist just, you know, shout out <laughs> about, you know, but it's not been um, it's not been without reward. Um, so yeah, I mean, I am a
1: huge mental health advocate. The last film I did, uh, just focused on depression. I had a pretty brutal 2018. So mental health is one of my like favorite things to talk about. Uh, I think therapy is, again, everyone has their own path. If therapy doesn't work for you, therapy ha- works for so many people. And mm-hmm. it was like, as soon as I got to a bad point in my life in 2018, I jumped right into therapy and it really just helps me cope with the overwhelming emotion. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I love that. So we kind of touched on it. So we'll just hop into it. I mean, everyone has a different idea of what success looks like to them and you're an act, you know, you're, you in the acting world, it's going to look differently to you. So what does success uh, look like to you? And right now, do you feel successful?
1: So I think success for me has uh, again, like coming into LA, uh, I always wanted to become a, a working actor, which more or less just means like someone who can act for a living. I am not at that point yet, uh, and also the pandemic definitely doesn't help. Uh, but I am still at that point where I still make more money from my side job than I do from acting, and that varies mm-hmm. year to year. Um, and I, I hate that you know it is a financial goal because. So much of my work should not have any sort of financial (laughs) goal.
0: Does
1: that make sense? Uh, But I think I am happiest when I'm creating. And if I could become a full-time creator, that is like, I don't know if that's what success means, but that's like the ultimate goal of success for me. Uh, And I, I, I sometimes feel like successful. I sometimes don't feel successful. I think a great example is I spent all this time and energy making this short. Mm -hmm. I love the short. It is so beautiful. Um, I'm very proud of uh, what happened with it, but it's 30 minutes long. And the fact that it's 30 minutes long was a really tough barrier for film festivals. It was just too long for a short film. So after, like, spending all this time, energy, and money on this film, I was not able to get it showcased as much as I wanted to because of how long it was. So that sucked. But at the same time, I'm also, like, super proud that I made this short film. So it's always, like, this, like, balancing act of, like, Mm -hmm. taking things as they are and trying, uh, again, Eddie and I would always call this uh, the little victories, making sure you focus on the little things that happen that are a success. Because if you don't focus on the little things, you're going to get super overwhelmed by all the big things not going your way.
0: Yeah, that makes a hundred percent sense. And actually um, to relate to your thing, like you put all this time and energy into something. I kind of think about it like um, interviewing for a job, like, right. I have tattoos. So that's a good Mm -hmm. example. Uh, If a company doesn't want me because I have Seven tasteful tattoos. Uh, <laughs> then, then it's not the right film festival for me, so to speak, right? right? Um, and I also—that's crazy to me—that they think a short film is at thirty minutes is too long.
1: <laughs> it really depends on the festival. But the twenty-minute mark seems to be the uh, time to be under. Which, again, like I—I I didn't know that. But I get—I'm so proud of this film. Like it was—it um, was just like such an amazing experience to create it that. I, I won't take away from it, but I, I did, I, you know, my goals for it were not a hundred percent met because I was not getting it into the film festivals. And now I'm not getting into any film festivals because film festivals are not happening.
0: <laughs> Nothing's happening. Uh you know, I, I I used to say and I used to like joke about it and now I'm actually not going to do that anymore. That 2020, it's like 2020 is trash, just toss it away. <laughs> now I'm like 2020 is the great pause that's allowing us to change the things we need to change. Um it's going to change us as people completely. It's going to change the world a lot. Um but I I'm now at a point where I'm like okay with that. I think yeah. I think I've sat here long enough that I'm okay with it. But I also think we're halfway through the yeah. year. Oh, I know, I know. I was like, I if you told me like two months ago or three months ago that I would be joining the quarantine birthday club, I wouldn't have believed you. And oh my god, that's right. It's on two, uh, Yeah, June. Yeah. It's, uh, it's. Yeah. Oh my god. It's and that's what's so crazy. Um, but at the same time, like I'm, I'm grateful for this opportunity because I think like we're going to see such a different, uh, entertainment industry, such a different music industry, such a different, like everything's going to be so, so different and and hopefully for the better, honestly, because, um, I keep saying this, I've said it so many times, uh, you can't come out of the pandemic, uh, less creative uh, (laughs) or less of a good person than you went in and, like it blows my mind when people are like, I'm so bored. I'm like, truly there's a million things you could be doing. Like <laughs> you could be, you could learn a hobby or a skill or crafts, or I don't know, go to a therapist. That's what I did. Um, <laughs> start a podcast or whatever you can do. There's so many things you can do. Um, so, so it's very interesting kind of where the world is going. Oh
1: my God. It's just, it's so, so crazy. Um,
0: yeah. So uh, I haven't had a chance to actually watch your short film yet. Is that oh, one of the links time. that I'm seeing right here?
1: Maybe. I probably sent it to you. I don't know.
0: <laughs> is it the one that's called Four Thieves? Yes. Okay, perfect. I will watch it. But for my listeners, um, this is a, uh, an audio medium, so you cannot yes. see anything. So would you mind giving them like a quick... Elevator pitch about it?
1: Sure, yeah. The short film is about a girl who moves to California to go to grad school, and then she gets there and doesn't get off the waitlist for the grad program, and she has to start over.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great! I am excited because that sounds like every part of my life.
1: <laughs> and it is funnier than it sounds. I promise. <laughs> I almost exclusively do comedy uh, and comedic acting, and this as someone who comes from a theater background and I studied theater in college, like I always tell people, like, I feel like a very well-trained actor and flexing those dramatic muscles was a lot of fun. So nice. I never, almost never got to do that. Yeah. Uh, again, unless I write it myself.
0: <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but that's like what I think is so awesome because I think sometimes people have this like or at least actors are, you know, I've had friends that are actors that tell me, you know, oh, just you have like, you have, you know, you get luck one time or you're, you know, you have good fortune once, but a lot of, you know, a lot of people now, it seems like, um, that are becoming more famous. It's because they either started on the comedy circuit or they did improv or they had a podcast or they did, you know, or they had a YouTube <laughs> channel. So that's like, it's, it's now it's kind of seeming like you don't just get by on your good looks, you actually have to have some kind of pr- production background behind you to kind of um, make you more unique, so to speak.
1: Yeah. And like, again, uh, I know we've already talked about how like, I don't know if I feel successful, but all of the success I have had really came from making my own work. And when yeah. I would cold email agents and managers to be like, hey, I'm an actor, you should represent me. I made this web series and made this short film. I would get so many more responses than if I just didn't. Yeah. Um, uh, And a lot of people who would meet with me be like, I met with you because I saw this. I love your initiative. I love, because I think when you take the initiative to make your own work, it doesn't matter. And for anyone, I don't know how this is gonna come out. Um, Mm -hmm. If you watch my Tooth web series, which again, I love it to death, the production quality is not good. Mm-hmm. I filmed it for $200 with all of my friends. We had the best time filming it. I think it is super funny. And I think I stand by the writing and the acting, but the production is not, it doesn't look professional, but that doesn't matter because what it's, what making a web series that I put out by myself spoke more to the type of actor I would be than if I just didn't create anything because I I had to have it look perfect.
0: Exactly. That would be like, to relate to you, that would be like me not doing my podcast, even though I've got the full vision because I don't have the right production equipment or the know-how how how to audio edit. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, there's something more beautiful about doing it because you believe in it and putting something out there because you're proud of it versus being like, oh no, no, no. I have to like it has to be this camera and this polish and this thing. Yeah.
1: And-, and I will say, I do think the pandemic has, um, cause I, again, I'm speaking as one person. I, I feel like content before the pandemic was getting more polished and people were getting, um, better editing. And I think in the pandemic, we have become a lot more forgiving for bad, production values because we yes. understand that people are limited. But if something is funny, it's funny. If something makes you cry, it makes you cry. Like You can't take away from a good story. And whether that means you have a $1,000 behind it or $10 behind it, if the story is good, if what you're saying is meaningful, uh, it doesn't matter. And I think people are noticing that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Um, I think we've covered the huge elephant in the room we can say bye to it, um, but this is my favorite part of the podcast where we talk about things we're fanatical about and unpopular opinions, Um, so we'll start with fanatic, things you're fanatical about and why I just read yours. It's cute. Um, and I will go first with uh, the fact that I am just... Gosh, I've said it so many times, but I'm still such a fan of mail. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's because I, I sit in my house all day, but man, is the U.S. Postal Service incredible and it's truly incredible. Like I used to be mad at them and think that they were like not good or whatever. And then I got informed delivery. And let me tell you that changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's free. It, te- it it scans everything. You know, exactly when things are coming. Um, and also my mail lady is super adorable. <laughs> she reminds me of my mom. Uh, <laughs> but I've, they've never like lost a package or a mail piece in oh. the entire pandemic. So I just have to say, yay That's for that. Amazing. Uh. Yeah. What about you?
1: Well, yeah, I, I am and have been since the app launch. I am obsessed with Pokemon Go. I love that. It is, uh, especially in the pandemic, uh, been such a fun like game. For anyone who hasn't played Pokemon Go, it is not a hard game. It is not. You walk around and in real time, uh, the more you move, like it's all based on your location, you catch Pokemon. So all you have to do is walk and like be able to like tap your phone to throw a Pokeball. So it's a very, I find, relaxing game. Mm-hmm. Um, you can make it more competitive. They've done a lot of updates. But like I am one of the, I think the only person in my friend group, I know my sister still plays with me, but she's the only one I know uh, who still plays after all this time. And I just love it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I, I bet you there's still people in LA that do. I, um, I I think like it just like sucked the data out of my phone. I now yes. have unlimited data, and then I couldn't figure out how to ba- log back in because I wanted to play Pokemon <laughs> Go. Like last year, I got this like wild hair. I was like, I'm gonna do it, and then I couldn't figure out how to log in, and I gave up. Um, but I did love Pokemon Go when I had it. I mean, it's fun. Like I I think it's super interactive. It's I, a way to get kids active. And yeah, it
1: encourages me to go on more walks. I again, especially during the pandemic, like I feel like I will go on Pokemon Go walks for. 45 minutes which I think if I was just walking without a purpose and I know that sounds so sad that I just can't can't walk outside and just like enjoy nature Mm -hmm. um but it's a pandemic and my brain is rapid fire and sometimes I need a little digital thing that gets me outside but I will go and I will have a blast just plugged into a podcast playing Pokemon Go wearing my mask um and feels great because it's exercise it feels great because it's a game and you get those little rewards and I yeah I have caught an unholy amount of Pokemon but I'm still not I have caught all the original 150 Mm -hmm. so I'm pretty much uh happy with myself for that but now (laughs) they have all these other generations and I don't have all those
0: (laughs) I love that you're like I gotta get them all That's literally (laughs) their
1: tagline, I also
0: saw that you're a huge fan of Bob's Burgers, which I am too, so I'd love to get into that.
1: (laughs) It is my favorite feel-good show. Uh, I love, I almost exclusively watch sitcoms, which I think speaks well to me as an actor in comedy. Uh, So, but I find Bob's Burgers any mood I'm in. It's my favorite show to watch. It's like the first thing I rewatched all ten seasons in the pandemic because mm-hmm. it is a show that just is about a family that loves each other, and the episodes are happy and they're silly. I think the um, Gene is just like the weirdest character. He makes me mm-hmm. laugh so much. Uh, Tina is everything, and like it just, I know when I watch that show, it's gonna have a happy ending, and so. Mm-hmm. I I go back to it time and time again.
0: Yeah, I love Bob's Burgers. I've been a huge fan of Bob's Burgers since it it came out. um, And I've always been a Tina Belcher fan. Uh, She's incredible. Um, I feel like I would be... I would be uh, the mom, definitely, Linda. Yeah. If if I had kids, I'd be like, "Mommy's fun time juice." Um, <laughs> but I just think it's such a cute show. It's it's really well done. It's super funny, and I and it's, it was nice when it came out because it actually has, it's it's wholesome but silly and funny, like you've mentioned. But then also, um, it's not one of uh, Matt Groening's you know things or. Uh, another thing from uh, Seth MacFarlane, where right. it's like they all have the same kind of look and feel. This was totally different, um, yeah. and I, that's what I liked about it, I think.
1: And I think it's very funny. It's a little, I don't know if edgy is the right word, but it's just, I find the humor so strange, and that is just like definitely my type of humor. I want to say every couple episodes, like Gene names his testicles something different. <laughs> um because they'll just be like, oh yeah, like uh, we need those big icy balls. And he's like, that's what I call my testicles. <laughs> <laughs> so <funny.
0: laughs> he's so silly. It's and, like
1: so many one off, like he just says it and they move on. And it's just, I, um, and like there's a, uh, so, again, I'm, I'm a fanatic of this show. Like one of the more like famous lines that is on, on a lot of like mugs and t shirts and whatnot is, I, I love you, but you're all terrible. <laughs> Which Bob says to his family after a particular episode. And it just like, I think that that is the essence of a lot of families, especially with young kids. Um, <laughs> it's like, no, I
0: love you, but you're terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that quite a bit about my family. Just <laughs> kidding. Sorry, Andrea, my sister. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a cute show. And um, my, <laughs> My husband keeps being like, you should get Tina Pelcher tattooed under your butt cheek. And I was like, <laughs> I've thought about it. The fact that I've thought about it and like she's an more an than once. Lady. She's cute. I love her. I she,
1: love her quote. I'm no hero. I put my bra one boob yeah. on just like everyone else. It's I also like, put my bra on one boob on. Show.
0: Um actually, speaking of that, I don't know if you're familiar with the Best Friends podcast podcast with Nicole Byer and Sashir Zamata, but they had this one episode where they couldn't figure out how to put bras on. Nicole does it a weird way, Sashir does it, quote unquote, the normal way. And then two other people that were in the room were pulling the bra physically over themselves. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, "Where we needed a we needed a class for this. There was yeah. never a class."
1: Yeah, I I don't know the right way to put on bras, and I'm at you know I'm in a pandemic right now. All I'm wearing is like cloth bras, which I just put over my head.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I refer to those as soft bras, and then uh, <laughs> and then uh, b- regular bras with clasps. Those are hard bras, and pants are hard, hard pants when they're jeans or skirts or or shorts or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. it, hard. I, it is. And, good. and being a woman's hard too, because I, I like kids these days, they've got like YouTube and Instagram and all <laughs> that. I had 17 magazine and they told me blue eyeliner would look great. And it did not.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so crazy the way that social media is just like inundated. I do feel like the generation, I don't know, below me, uh, they like, when I grew up, like makeup was like mascara and lip gloss. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what blush was until I moved to LA. <laughs> I, I knew what it was, but I never worn blush. Uh, I've definitely gotten much better at makeup being an actor. Uh, but yeah, suddenly all this makeup, like people, like the, um, the um, stuff that like 10 to 13 year olds can do on their face is absolutely incredible. The artwork they put on their eyelids is absolutely incredible. And like so far beyond me.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. And I like, I'm pretty natural when it comes to makeup, but I do have a blunder story. Um, So I used to have like a contour palette that was just like three colors that don't work. Uh, And I would take the darkest part of my contour palette and I would use it on my eyebrows. And I went through a solid couple of years in my twenties where I look like Groucho Marx, according to my dad. (laughs) And I mean, I, (laughs) thankfully I have a cousin, she works for Benefit Brow and she saved me. (laughs) She um, works in their product development department. She sent me a box of free shit and uh, thank God, because I looked terrible. But that's (laughs) the thing. It's like, you don't, like, you don't know. And I, I, you know, I just didn't bother to educate myself correctly. I was like, this will work um and it's it's just interesting kind of the knowledge now versus like what we were told then
1: oh gosh and i mean makeup trends change like all the time but yeah it is uh it's incredible what uh you know and also i should have put this i'm a huge fan of rupaul's drag race yes Uh, watching them put on makeup is also insane okay
0: how did you feel about the season finale I mean, the virtual finale was tough. (laughs) What was Rue doing? I'm sorry. No shade to Mama Rue, but... Oh, no, no. uh, I I
1: think Rue deserves a lot of mixed feelings. Uh, (laughs) Rue does not have a perfect track record. I have so many opinions on this. I think it's... uh, I don't know. Why were you wearing a ski mask? I don't know. (laughs) I understand that you are uh, probably at the point in your career where you don't put on your own drag Exactly. But... If I can put on makeup for an audition, you can put it on, on enough makeup to be Boiru. I see f- Boiru all the time.
0: Yeah. My friend uh, had found a meme. We were playing uh, we were playing a card game together, socially distant. And I always have to say that. And he'd found it. I, I'm kicking myself for not getting it because I Googled and Googled and Googled. I don't know how he found this. But it was like right when the pandemic started and RuPaul's Drag Race, the new season, had happened... You know it was coming out and the sherry pie and whatever right. uh and it had said like <laughs> this is how how rupaul is going to be looking on the zoom call and it was just like a beaten face <laughs> like not very <laughs> well beaten and he took it just He took it a step further and just went like bedazzled Blue Chilibre ski mask.
1: So (laughs) strange. Everyone else looks so amazing. Michelle Visage, uh, Ross Matthews, and Carson, like they all got their grades. They're all in these gorgeous outfits. They all look incredible. And RuPaul is a freaking (laughs) idol. He's wearing a hoodie. He looks like it's he's insane. joining yeah. the
0: last crystal. Okay, no more shade on Rue. Rue, we do love you, but, we do and we understand the pandemic's hard for everyone. Uh, and you know what? You have served and done your time, and that's okay. <laughs> uh, but wow, did I laugh relentlessly at it. Yeah, um, it was
1: unimpressive. On that
0: note with RuPaul's Drag Race, do you go to DragCon?
1: I have gone to DragCon. I went last year. I did not. Did I? No, I didn't go last year. I, think I, went, I went, yeah two years ago
0: I was so sad that it can't happen this year due to the pandemic I but I will say how queens have been making coin has been really creative um and they've been going live with each other they've been doing like Venmo links and stuff um oh yeah I mean it so is such hard.
1: a wonderful community uh, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah and it's just
1: it's I don't I, should, I don't watch a ton of reality TV, um, but RuPaul's Drag Race is my d- definitely like the trashiest show I watch, and I say that with all the love in the world. But the show is trash.
0: <laughs> well, then I was gonna say like I watch such garbage because I'm <laughs> obsessed with. Okay, so I'm not obsessed. I I've I'm I've been a Bachelor fan forever, um, just because it's so stupid. And <laughs> I've gone to a taping. My friend, my friend works. Oh my Bachelors. god, I'm fun! And uh, I took my sister. It was it was last year, and. Um, I, I didn't really, as much as I love my friend Christine, really couldn't get on the listen to your heart bandwagon. I am sorry. I tried my hardest. <laughs> um, however, I'm also very much into 90 Day Fiance. Like I, it I've is heard. the worst. Um, oh gosh. If you're like, if you have nothing to do for the next like week, like you have nothing <laughs> going on, you'll get sucked in. And there's so many seasons. They're all on Hulu. You can binge all of them. And if you have YouTube TV, they're all on the TLC app and it's amazing. Um, or TLC channel. Uh, but yeah, it is garbage lit on fire and it's <laughs> just so bad, but, um, I love that. And then I'm also a huge fan of blow tech. <laughs> oh, I don't know that. That's on Bravo. Um, I oh. can't get into housewives. People keep asking me to get into housewives. Right. They're like, they're trying. And I just, I, I don't know why, but I can't same with keeping up with the Kardashians. I'm not going to watch that.
1: Yeah. I've never watched that. Again, so many thoughts and feelings about the Kardashians, but uh, mm-hmm. never been my show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so let's kind of segue on to uh, a few unpopular opinions you have and why. And by the way, I always, I, I, I read yours and I really agree with every single one. <laughs> oh, so maybe I'm not being controversial. Enough. <laughs> no, no, no. I just, I, 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 the one about Parks and Rec, I 100 percent stand on.
1: Okay, Jerry being belovedly hated on perks and rec like just it's not funny i i love that show i just rewatched it because that's another feel-good show that i found like rewatched during the pandemic and that joke never lands for me yeah, i find yeah. it so upsetting that they can't just be nice to this poor man who clearly loves and cares about them
0: yeah Absolutely. And not only that, the only time it was ever funny was when Tom got his social media and all of his technology taken away and he has the mirror and he's (laughs) like, did you just Google take me to you, to (laughs) yahoo.com? And that was the only time that it tickled me and I teeheed because I thought it was so funny. It's a
1: great joke. It's a great joke. But anytime, like I just watched an episode where they go on a drill, but Jerry thinks it's real. So he runs home to go be with his wife. And then- at the end of the episode he goes why didn't you tell me it was a drill and everyone's like I don't know it didn't seem relevant and I was just like that's not funny (laughs) like he literally left the office to run physically run so he could be with his hot wife yeah uh, because he thought the you know the drill was real and everyone was like no we just thought it would be funny if you like like no I don't I don't find that funny
0: (laughs) I also I mean friends did not really age well I, I would agree with that
1: Yeah, to that one I will say I get a lot more backlash because people are like, "No," and I Friends has funny moments, but I think there's a lot of Friends that is very cringeworthy. That the more I rewatched it, the more I was like, "I don't think I like this show."
0: Yeah, there was like uh, there. It's interesting because at the time there was this; they were trying so hard to make. Lesbianism, okay. Mm-hmm. So they were like, "Oh, Ross gets divorced. Oh, this is lesbian. Uh, his wife's a yeah, lesbian."
1: Yeah, the lesbians and are often in the butt of the joke. We don't really see. Yeah, it's not funny. See with them, it's it, it's to me, it's like very '90s. The way we're like portray gay cultures, like you can call someone a lesbian, but we can't see them be a lesbian. Right. And we're not going to give them a full storyline. They're just going to be a B storyline because we don't want to give them that much screen time because we don't want to upset people
0: yeah yeah and like the way that they like shove over like mental health for phoebe's parents and herself and the twin thing i mean it, it doesn't age well and but i i i loved it oh and, and it's one of those
1: of characters and the actors all of them are so talented like there's nothing against anyone who's acting in that show they're such a great cast but i
0: will say that friends fans are not my people even though i'm a friends fan I went to the pop-up when I was in New York City. I, um, I went for Peloton and then I went to the pop-up and my friend Brittany and I went and it was just, you know how things in LA are where they're like, oh, this is an event just for Instagram photos. So it's like a line of people, yep. take my photo, take my photo, take my photo. So that was basically what it was. And what was really annoying to me was like, there's things called AirDrop and Google Drive where you can yep. just have it on one phone. Not all of you need to have every single phone take a photo and and it, <laughs> i was i was waiting in line for everything for i'm like 20 minutes and i was like this is like disneyland but like right. not it's worse Except it's yeah it's not as fun <laughs> so but but i also feel like sometimes people like deeply identify with friends to the point where like they make, can't see anything else and it's right. it's like it's a good show don't get me wrong did it age well probably not yeah, um, i just i yeah. it's one of
1: those shows that i have not been able to rewatch uh like the way other people have because i'm just like uh, oh, i also yeah i just think at this point we have progressed so much in hollywood that uh again friends was a huge cultural moment mm-hmm. but just because something was of its time does not mean we can't look back and be like that should have been more progressive
0: yes and also friends stole from a black tv show so let's just it? say that yes oh god their concept um let me google it real quick I don't want to speak out of turn friends uh, versus ninety. okay um so living single was the other one and that one came out uh, I want to say it came out around the same time um and yeah wow yeah no I um living single is so funny I don't. Yeah, I don't want people to like at me if this is incorrect. But I have heard from my black friends. That I mean, that and I will say that it it the concept sense. of
1: friends living in New York is like you know, um, as someone who any artist I think can say this. It's not about telling a unique story. It's about telling a story from your own perspective because. Uh, a lot of the stories are told the same way. That being said, stealing other people's ideas and counting them as your own is not okay.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if that's the case, but I, I will say that, like, I've heard that opinion enough enough times, and I'm like, huh, maybe, maybe right. it is. Um, and anyway, <laughs>
1: right, like, the, my Tooth Fairy's, um web series is basically the Office uh, in Tooth Fairies form.
0: I know it's so cute.
1: I it's, love it. And, and like. That's great. But this is not a new story. It's not a revolutionary story. It's about how people get by in their day to day. I just put them in the world of the tooth fairies because that was my own spin on it. But again, like the story I'm telling is very basic. I just was able to put my own creative touches on it. But if you strip it all down, like it's just a workplace comedy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Yeah. It's interesting kind of not even to just say appropriation, but it's interesting what, what is influenced by other things. And at the end of the day, like music is the same way, like we're oh, it's yeah. all just the same thing over and over and over again, but it's finding a fresh perspective while you are kind of, exactly. you know, yeah. leading off of something else. And that's the key.
1: I think if you're going to try to just be like solely unique and original, you're going to drive yourself crazy because the more you venture into the internet, especially since we have the internet, like your idea has probably been done, even if it's not been mainstream, like someone's probably had that idea. But again, we, we see, but we, we love, we loved consuming the same stories as mm-hmm. long as it's told in a fresh perspective.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. 100%. <laughs> um, so what is currently making you happy in the world? I know right now, times are very tough.
1: <laughs> I have, am trying to think oh, I, this, I'm only hesitating because this sounds a little silly. So all week I have been doing my best to be a white ally during this mm-hmm. moment. And, um, this things that have been making me happiest. And again, I sit in my apartment, I live alone during this pandemic. um, And the news can be very overwhelming and it's Mm -hmm. weighted and it's on you. And so when I started to venture out to black owned businesses with my mask, you know, doing the social distance stuff, it has been so rewarding. These businesses are getting a little bit of fame right now because they're on lists that are being circulated and talking to the owners of some of the businesses in my neighborhood who I'd never, I'd never heard of these businesses has just been such a way to feel hopeful in a time where I felt very hopeless. And that being said, just like everyone going to, uh support Black-owned businesses, they, um, they need your help, especially during the pandemic. But right now, especially, like, so your solidarity, like you can afford a $3 latte from a Black-owned coffee shop. Um, and it's just like, I know that you don't give backs to be validated, but the validation of just seeing how much it meant for them that I was stopping by and spending my money on them Uh, like it made my week.
0: Yeah, that's actually um, uh, one of my friend Aticia's points about, you know, being an ally is that even if you can't protest uh, or, you know, be at those protests, whether it be triggering or, you know, compromise or whatever that might be, um, putting your money into a Black-owned business is, is saying the same thing. It's It's, saying, I support you, I see you, I'm here and I'm with you.
1: Yeah, and Um, I I think we talked about this earlier, which is like, there's no right way to be an ally, um, or Mm -hmm. there's no, that's not true, there's a right way to be an ally. Um, But you do not have to show up to protest, and that's not the only way, especially during this pandemic. Um, we are still in the middle of the pandemic. I honestly forgot this week. I, there were yeah. moments where I forgot that like COVID was a thing. Uh, but there's so many other things that you can do literally just sitting behind your computer screen, sitting on your phone. There's so many ways that you can show up. Uh, so don't let the the fact that you can't protest one, make you feel guilty or two, stop you from progressing change in another way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that. And, um, you know, uh, you've been really good about sharing the businesses you've gone to in your stories and for That's my listeners, amazing. like if, you know, it's okay. Like I just got a candle from Floss to Sense, um, which I was, was one of the first businesses I, businesses I shouted out um, when all this started happening with Black Lives Matter, um, getting kicked back up again and, and, and at the forefront and it's beautiful and I love it. And I, I lit the candle and it smells great. But, you know, even so I'm like reaching out when I reach out to these businesses and say, Hey, someone recommended you because you're a black owned business. I have a podcast. Can I, can I purchase something from you and just give you a shout out? And they're like, yes, every time.
1: It's it's just, and it's again, like, I think as an actor, as a woman, as someone in alone in the pande- pandemic, that validation of seeing someone smile mm-hmm. is so different than, uh, I, I didn't even see them smile. We were all wearing masks, but just, we <laughs> talked. I was <laughs> uh, like, you know, it's just, it's so much different than just uh, donate, again, and I have donated to funds. I encourage everyone to donate to Campaign Zero, Black Lives Matter, the ACLU, the NAACP, like all these great organizations, please donate. But there is something validating which again, not the point of charity, but it did it. That made my week. It just, it made me happy. It made me hopeful. And I feel like this week has been just overwhelming. And so to have some positivity, felt great. Yeah,
0: I know. I love that. And I think that's awesome. Well, we are nearing the end (laughs) and I always love to uh, give my guests the floor to promote whatever they'd like. So Jordan, do you have something you'd like to promote?
1: I guess just myself, I'm an actor and I'm branding myself. And then, um, yeah, I'm going to promote myself. You can follow me on Instagram at, at jordanvan 32 3-2 is my birthday. I'm a Pisces. Love it. Uh, and in the pandemic, instead of making more of this long-form content, uh, which takes a lot of people and time, I've started doing a lot more short-form content with just, it's like, you know, character work and character sketches. Um, and I've been proud of the stuff I'm doing. It's not happening at the moment. I'm hope you know, like it will come back in good time. But right now that's, we don't need self um what am i trying to say? we don't need comedy sketches at this current moment but hopefully mm-hmm. when this airs maybe it'll be back to but yeah i'm an actor if you follow me on instagram or facebook um not twitter i'm not really active on twitter don't follow me on twitter uh then you'll find out about all the stuff i'm doing you can i you know link to my web series link to my short um i'm you know i I came to LA because I believe I'm very talented. I didn't come here because I was like, maybe I'll be an actor. Like I came (laughs) here because I was like, I'm funny. I'm good at this. So I stand behind my brand. And if you want a laugh or a cute selfie, you can follow me on Instagram.
0: Yeah, I love it. And you are you are a breath of fresh air on my timeline for sure. I'm like very glad you followed me because I was like, oh, now I know you. And I get to, I'm also like loyal to a fault where I'm like, I'm following you to the end of the earth. <laughs> so when it all blows up and you get that big thing, I'll be like, I helped.
1: I will credit this podcast. I'll say when you <laughs> went.
0: Yes, yes. All of my, uh, according to Anchor, 40, 40 <laughs> listeners. Yay. <laughs> um, awesome. So as always, my to my listeners, I will put all of the links in the description that's where it is so go follow her, um go support hashtag uh, two fairies which is awesome it's super cute um and i'm going to watch the short film i apologize for not doing it yet but i will but also oh the short film that'll oh. be linked as well support 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 help 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 also um yeah I, I really appreciated you being on my podcast and uh do you have any parting words for my listeners
1: stay safe stay sane and you know eat ice cream
0: <laughs> uh, I love ice cream.
1: <laughs> I will awesome. probably eat ice cream tonight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jordan, for taking the time to speak oh, with me okay. on Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. And to my listeners, like, subscribe, share, do what you got to do, but uh, stay safe and stay well, my friends. <laughs> Thanks thank so much, Jordan. You <laughs> All right. Bye.